0: Hey everyone Justin here with hunt link by service side i am joined on the mic by a super special guest great time of year to have you on um but john lacour he is co-founder with tracked optics what's going on john hey justin how you doing good good i am really glad you were able to set some time aside to jump on our podcast because what we've been wanting to do is Um, You know, we've had some questions within our service side group and people want to know um, what is tracked, what's Track got going on. They want to know about the products. They want to know, you know, what's setting you guys um, above the rest. And I was like, well, let me talk to John. Let's see if he can jump on. Um, And uh, you were. So it all worked out great. And I'm super excited to learn more myself about Tract, but also uh, get a little bit of education here on on being a newer company.
1: Yeah, well, we certainly appreciate the opportunity.
0: So – John, let's just jump right into it here. Tell me, uh, well, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you kind of get started out into hunting um, in the outdoors? So, um, you know, uh, I'm kind of a unique individual in that I I grew up
1: in the big city. Uh, I grew up right on the border of Brooklyn and Queens. I I went to high school and college in Manhattan. And people say to me all the time, well, you know, how do you, how could you possibly be into hunting and shooting living there? And the, the short answer is, you know, my, My grandfather came here from Italy in the early 1900s, and he was a hunter, and he bought property in upstate New York, so my father and my uncle basically grew up, you know, hunting and fishing on the weekends, and then my dad bought property, and I was basically a city boy Monday through Friday and a country boy Saturday and Sunday, so I was very fortunate to be able to kind of live, you know, both sides of it, and, you know, I've been hunting and shooting... Um, for as long as I can remember, um, and uh, basically, I was uh, you know, working in, in uh, a completely different uh, business and wasn't happy, and you know, picked up the New York Times one day, and I saw an advertisement that said marketing slash hunting, which totally blew me away, because <laughs> there's really not a lot of opportunity for marketing and hunting jobs yeah. uh, in, in New York City, but um, Nikon was uh, out in Long Island, and they were looking for somebody that had you know, management experience, but also had some experience in hunting and shooting. And I kind of fit the bill. So I went to work for them in 1999 and uh, worked for them for 15 years. And Nikon decided to kind of go in a different direction and basically get out of the hunting and shooting business. And my, my business partner, John Allen, who's uh, my co-founder, he, uh, he worked for Nikon at the time as well. And we just saw it as an opportunity to, to leave the company and start our own brand. Um, and that's when track optics was basically born. We launched a company in December of 2015 and, uh, here we are.
0: Nice. So you, I mean, you guys are rolling up on almost a decade then. I mean, so, you know, new, you know, if you were to compare it up, you know, someone like Nikon or something like that, but you know, still a decade's not too bad at all. Definitely enough time to work through products and kind of see what's working and what's not. And, and, uh, and stuff yes, like that. You know, yeah, you know, so, I mean, we're a fairly new company, but
1: we're not new to the optics market. Combined, John and I have uh, over 40 years of experience uh, in the industry, so, you know, we, we knew who to go to to build the right products. You know, we've got great relationships with a lot of the outdoor writers and uh, folks like you, and, you know, it's helped us, you know, build the brand. You know, we're, we're not looking to be the biggest um, what we're looking to do is just provide a very high quality product uh, at an exceptional value. And what separates us really from other optics companies is we're a direct to consumer brand. We do not sell our products through dealers or distributors, so you will not find our product in a retail store, which honestly prevents it, you know, it, it presents a challenge to the consumer because they can't go in a store and compare or touch and feel the product. But what it does allow is it allows us to cut out the middleman, cut out the retail markup, which on optics these days is getting to be astronomical. You know, these big box stores and even the mom and pop gun shops, you know, they're not making the money they used to make on firearms and ammunition. So they're making it up on accessories. And optics happens to be like a cash cow. There's more margin being made on optics today than ever before. So consumers, unfortunately, are paying more for optics and getting less. So by us creating this business model where we build a great product and we sell it direct to the consumer, it allows that consumer to get a product at a price with features and benefits normally found in optics costing hundreds
0: of dollars more wow you know and and that's that's kind of what i've been seeing um you know obviously doing research and then we have a bunch of members on the team um that have actually uh brought up to me numerous times um even the owner of service side though i'll i'll never forget it's been a couple years now but i we were talking optics one day and you know, I was talking to him about binoculars, and and he immediately was like tracked. He's like, "That's that's all you need to get." Um, you know, he's the type of person where he's not, he's not. I guess the best way to put it is, there's. I don't want to put anyone in in one's type of category, but he seem You know, he's kind of like when he's talking about a product, you you know, you kind of listening a little bit. You know, like you're kind of like, okay, well, if he's bringing it up. Um, it obviously must be something worth checking out or investing in. Um, so when he had, he had mentioned you guys, that's when I really started looking into it. Um, and I do like that you're not doing uh, the big box thing and a lot of companies that we partner with at serviceside do have a similar track with that uh, with you guys um, as far as is wanting to be able to explain it, um, to go over it and and you know something that um, that you almost have a little more control over I feel like. Um, but that's great that you guys kind of went your own way to put the customer first and make sure that, you know, yeah, you know, here's the price point, but this is what you're getting. Let me show you what you're getting.
1: Yeah, honestly, it was a tremendous leap of faith, um, you know, to leave a well-established, you know, large company with a lot of benefits and, you know, it, it, it was, a it was a very big decision, but, you know, we, uh, are really excited about, you know, our future and, mm-hmm. You know, the consumer seems to be extremely happy with the product. If you take the time to do a little bit of research and, you know, look at the ratings and reviews, um, you know, it's uh, it's very humbling because, you know, from day one, our commitment was to really try to build a product without, you know, any compromises. And, uh, you know, a lot of times in the in the normal uh, business model, you know, hitting a price point is extremely important. Um, those big box stores, they want a product at a certain price and you got to hit that price. Otherwise they're not going to carry it. And in doing that, a lot of times you have to make sacrifices in order to get the numbers to work. Uh, that's not something that we have to do or be concerned with. We can literally build the product at the level we feel it needs to be, you know, add a realistic markup that allows us to keep food on the table and the lights on in the warehouse, and, and, offer just an incredible value to the consumer. Um, you know, it's, it's very humbling to us because, you know, we get calls, emails, uh, live chats all the time where people have purchased the product and, you know, they take the time to let us know. And, you know, they'll, they'll say, you know, I did my research. I, I compared specs. Um, you know, I, I knew the product was going to be good. I didn't think it was going to be that good. And, nice. and that's a very humbling thing. You know, we don't Make um, you know unre- unrealistic comparisons to other products. We we let the consumer do the talking. Um, they're the ones that you know make the most sense. I mean, you know, us as as you know business people, salesmen, and marketers, we can tell the consumer anything they want to hear, uh, but it's the person that actually bought the product that makes the difference because they're going to tell you the truth. Right. They're going to tell you the things that they like and the things that they don't like. And the the huge benefit for a company like us in being direct is that we are hearing things directly from the consumer. So, you know, when you look at the typical business model, you know, a customer goes into a store, he tells the guy something behind the counter, the guy behind the counter tells the buyer, then the buyer may tell the owner, and then the owner tells the sales rep, the sales rep tells the manufacturer. So you have so many layers. It's like the game of telephone, right? Mm -hmm. If I tell you something, you know, we got 10 people around the table. By the time it gets back to me, the story has changed.
0: Has, yeah. Well,
1: because we're hearing direct from the consumer, we're hearing what they want, what they don't want, what works, what doesn't work. And that's really allowed us to, you know, in our opinion, build a product line that is, is functional and makes a lot of sense and, and works for people.
0: For sure. I mean, you guys definitely are doing it, um, and that's that's the way to do it. I mean, we've we follow a similar, um, you know, business approach, and and being able to touch it and figure it out, and and talk talk about it, and and continue to move forward is, in my opinion, what you know sets companies from being stagnant and then just continuing to get better on, on the customer front. I mean, if the if the customer's not happy, like you said, it doesn't it doesn't matter in the end how much marketing dollars or, or sales people or whatever you put into awesome. it. Yeah, you'll get that quick buck. Um, and then what about tomorrow? You Because know, at the end of the day, they're not gonna go back and buy it, if I buy a good product and it's solid, I'm gonna continue to look in their line of products to see what else they have. Um, and the people that have brought you up to uh, me personally, are hard sales, I would call them, where you had mentioned the the uh, you know the person goes and does their research. Um, they definitely do because all the people I know that use your product are the I'm going to compare you to a bunch of other stuff with research and then I'm going to make the most educated decision off the facts that I have. Um, so you uh, you're definitely getting it done. I know some people personally, so that's that's awesome, man. Um, and it says a lot. It says a lot. Let me ask you, we, we had talked about a few of your products here, but what is, uh, what's what's kind of like your number one seller? What's, what's kind of top of the, the line that you guys have um, on, the, on the market right now? Well, ironically, the, um, the
1: biggest growth segment in, in our entire hunting market uh, is long-range rifle shooting, uh, whether it be rimfire or centerfire. Um, And the need for high magnification, uh, large objective, you know, larger main body tube scopes is in huge demand. Um, The ability to dial out to distances that, you know, you normally weren't able to shoot. um, That has really been a big impact on our business because, you know, our our long range scopes, our 34 millimeter scopes are, are our number one sellers. Um, and quite frankly those are the most expensive products in our line which is uh, again you know very humbling that consumers are you know gravitating towards the higher end of our product line um, but you know obviously hunting's a huge segment of the market um, but these long-range guys are, are definitely you know equipment junkies and and you know buying new rifles and as new cartridges come out they're, you know they're they're getting different setups and yeah the long range market our long range scopes are are by far our best sellers
0: i can see you know i definitely see that and i've been seeing it on my end too uh with with how our community is um you know i i feel like there was a time where like when i was growing up it was you know it didn't really matter if you really rifle hunter or bow hunter obviously we looked at bow hunting as like you know fly fishing to to spinning uh fishing but um you know then it kind of went to i feel like bow got really 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 big again or at least had a lot of uh, you know, backing and and uh, popularity, um, and then I have been noticing the transition to long range shooting because it does still. It's something where it's not. I guess we've always had the stigma of well, you know, when you got a scope or a rifle, you just pull the trigger and point. And then people got more into long range. I was like, wait a minute, there's actually a lot more involved with equipment. Um, you know, with so many different variables, not just a simple step one, step two. Um, it ended up being a little more complicated, which obviously that's going to attract your gear junkies, um, you know, people that uh, end up getting into that hobby shooters, things like that. I, I have a bunch of friends that are into to long range shooting and um, reloading and, and everything. So it's uh, it's definitely something where it, it's it's I wouldn't even say made a comeback because I don't remember being super popular at least where I where I was growing up. Um, but I'm sure maybe out West it it is more so, but, um, I noticed on your website, uh, I was looking through your website and I see you guys have a ballistics app. So I feel like that kind of ties in a little bit to this. I guess you kind of took it to another level with the, getting the tools that they need.
1: Yes. Uh, you know, obviously long range shooting continues to evolve. You know, if, um, 15 years ago, you said, you know, long range rifle shooting, you know, people might've said, Oh, three to 500 yards. Um, today, you know, long range shooting can mean something very different to different people. Uh, you know, long range to a lot of people is a thousand yards, um, extreme long range, you know, could be a mile. So as that, you know, term or terminology continues to evolve, You know, we as a company have to evolve with it, not only by providing products that make sense, but solutions to help them be successful. And that's exactly what the Impact Ballistics app does. Um, We have a a web version as well as a mobile app for both uh, Android and, and Apple devices. And what it allows you to do is it allows to enter all of your ballistic information. So your cartridge information, your atmospheric conditions, and it'll provide uh, a solution for impacts all the way out to 2,500 yards. Um, obviously, your setup, your rifle, your ability needs to be able to perform at that level. But uh, the program is basically one of the most comprehensive databases of ballistics information that exists. So, you know, whatever ammunition you're using, if it's not in there, we can add it. Um, But you have the ability to add a custom ballistic coefficient, uh, coefficient, uh, your actual muzzle velocity. And as long as you have that information, it's going to tell you exactly what your ballistics are. Uh, And then to take it to another level, we have the ability to match the cartridge to every single one of our reticles. So if you have our bullet drop compensating reticle, which is a, a very popular hunting reticle, you could actually select the reticle, select the ballistic information, and then it will provide you with the distances the dots in that reticle represent for holdover. So it takes the guesswork. You know, years ago, you know, we used to sight in two inches high or three inches high right. at 100, and we'd say, okay, with a pretty flat shooting cartridge, we're good out to 300. Well, you're still, you're still using what you know that Kentucky windage and kind of guessing where to hold. Well, with the different parts of the reticle in this ballistic program, it's going to give you a very close solution of where in the reticle to hold, so it eliminates that guesswork and allows you to focus on making a good shot instead of saying, you know, am I high enough? Am I too high? And you know that kind of thing when you're trying to guess where to hold the reticle.
0: So I, I kind of have a question as far as as far as um, you know. I guess glass. So, is this something where, and, and this is obviously a question coming from someone that's completely uneducated with this. I mean, I guess it's. I mean, is the quality of glass what really helps with these types of products, or is it is it a mix of things?
1: It, it definitely is a mix of things. You know, when it comes to optics, regardless of what company that you you may be using or purchasing from, mm-hmm. there's always a trade off. Um, and that's just due to optical design. There's something called the optical triangle, uh, and there's three points. There's magnification, there's um, field of view, and eye relief. And anytime time you increase one or more of those factors, you're basically taking away from the other. So if you think about it, if you're looking through an eight-power binocular, you have a nice wide field of view, right? right? Well, then if you go to a 15-power binocular, it's magnifying what you're seeing almost double. You're reducing the area that you can see, but it's bringing it closer so you can see detail. So that's the kind of trade-off that goes along with optics. And and being able to balance those uh, is very important because you might have, a, a let's say, a binocular with a tremendously wide field of view, but that may compromise your eye relief, which means you almost have to press that binocular against your eyeballs to see through it. That's not good. Right. So you want to have a balance, you want to have a good field of view, nice long eye relief so that it's comfortable to use. And and you know, the thing about you know, especially binoculars and even rifle scopes is a lot of people don't realize that the optic has to be adjusted for your eyes. In a binocular there's something called a diopter. And what that does is it helps you to focus because you know everyone has maybe a slight difference between their left and right eye. Uh, Part of it might be, you know, just because of eye dominance. Uh, Part of it might be because one eye is just stronger than the other. But if you don't adjust the binocular for your eyes, there's a very good chance that one eye might be in focus and the other eye might be slightly out of focus. Now, you know, I'm sure... Everyone that's listening to this has heard people say, oh, I can't look through a binocular. I get headaches. And the reason for that is probably because they do not have the binocular adjusted for their eyes. So one eye's in focus, one eye slightly out of focus. Straining. And what, yeah, what's happening is your, your eye is pulsing to try to find the focus and it's sending a signal to your brain saying, hey, something's wrong here. And you don't realize that's happening, but that constant pulsing of your eye is what basically gives you headaches. headache. So adjusting the binocular for your eyes is extremely important. Adjusting the rifle scope for your eyes is extremely important. And, and all of these things basically, um, you know, come into play to make the experience, you know, better. And then when you look at your specifications, you, know, you want the specifications to match what, what you're doing. If you're, if you're bow hunting in heavy timber, uh, a 15 power binocular is probably not the best choice because, number one, it's, it's going to magnify too much and not allow you to see a wider field of view. And the higher the magnification, um, the, the, the worse the low-light performance. So by having a binocular that provides you with good low-light performance, it's extremely important.
0: And, and, that, and I brought that up because that's something that you just, uh, you know, it's just, that's the way of, I guess, like social media and, and, and things like that is, you know, that was a question that whenever, when someone talks about optics, I always, that's usually the first thing that I'm seeing is, um, you know, f- just quality of glass. So I was like, there's got to be more, more to this than that. Because if that was the secret sauce, then someone would just, you know, would blow everything else out the water, you know, where you're telling about the balance. Um, it's nice to kind of see the behind the scenes with that. That's actually something I, I didn't even know.
1: Yeah, there's honestly, there's a lot of, um, a lot of misinformation, unfortunately, especially on the internet, um, about optics. And and a lot of it is really based upon opinion and not necessarily, you know, scientific fact, um, and those are the kind of things we, you know, we, we really try to help the consumer make the right decision in in, in their purchase. Um, a lot of times, people will come to us and and they'll say, "Hey, what do you think about this product for you know this rifle?" And you know, if it's not the right um, choice, then we, you know we want to explain to them why maybe a different product might be a better option. Um, but there's people that you know they they. They sometimes want what they want. And, you know, us as Americans, it's just, I think, just our nature to think that bigger is better. So very, very often people will say, you know, well, I want the highest magnification. Well, what are you using it for? Because high magnification might be great for one application, but it really might hold you back in another you know application. And that's extremely true when it comes to binoculars because, you know, binoculars are a fixed magnification. Uh, it's either eight power, ten power, twelve and a half, or you know, fifteen in our in our case. Whereas rifle scopes, all of our rifle scopes are variable magnification, so you can change the magnification. Um, but it, we we get it all the time where people, you know, they they want a really high power binoculars. They want to be able to see things real close. Uh, the drawback with the, the, those higher magnifications is you got to be able to hold it steady. So the higher the magnification in any optic, whether it be a Binocular rifle scope or spotting scope. The higher the magnification, the harder it is to hold that optic steady. Uh, that's why you see spotting scopes are always on tripods, because you can't physically handhold a spotting scope and be able to see, you know, see what you're looking for. So, um, you know, that's the kind of thing. It's just making the right decision, and you know, sometimes you know people um, will make a decision that, you know, is based upon you know again information they see on. on a website or someone's opinion and you know that that might be something that doesn't necessarily fit really well with their application
0: well that's a great thing about uh especially this podcast episode and um you know i know you guys are are not new to getting on podcasts so um you know putting that education out there from the source's mouth you know you're it's coming it's coming straight from um a co-owner of the company. So um, that's great. I'm, I'm super excited to uh, to get this out. I've definitely learned a lot um, as far as optics. Now, when you were mentioning, um, obviously, things having to be on tri, uh, tripods and things like that, is there a binocular that you guys sell or is even possible as far as like a quick focus like is that such a thing and, and the reason I ask is because um people are getting more into the the running gun um I guess form of hunting I'm not saying getting more into but you just see it more um and that's a question I've always heard is is uh you know is there a binocular that's a quick focus or is that really even a thing
1: you know years ago it was actually very very popular uh, I think one of the terms was permafocus and you know there there's again there's trade offs uh very good because yeah you didn't have to focus the binocular
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, however, what that binocular is actually uh, doing was it was allowing your eyes to do some of the focus because our eyes have the ability to focus lightly um, you know if you have a wake up in the morning and you know, rub your eyes and, you know, things just look blurry and boom, all of a sudden they kind of come into focus. Well, that that's just your, your eye by design. It's just human nature that your eye can focus. But the problem with a binocular like that, it's really good if you're you know, using it at a ball game or something like that. But if you have to use the binocular for any extended period of time, if you're scouting or glassing, um, again, that binocular would cause eye strain issues because your eye was doing a lot of the focusing. And it's just, you know, over long term, it's, it's really not a good solution.
0: Okay. No, that's, I mean, that's a, that's good points there as far as, um, you know, your optics aren't a, a one size fits all. You have to specify it to what activity you're doing um, and what and what it's needed for. So that's, that's uh, I think I think a lot of people probably do put that into a one size fits all, just like a, a skinny knife or a or a bag. You know, it's just immediately like, well, you either get this type of bag or this type. And I'm like, well, you know, it depends on what you're doing. Are you going to check a trail camera? or Are you going to live out, you know, off the grid for a week? <laughs> you know, um,
1: so. yeah, and you know the 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 mobility of of the person is something that's important as well. You know, if you're If you're running, gunning, turkey hunting or you're out west climbing up and down mountains, you know, the binocular that hunter might choose over somebody sitting in a tree stand overlooking a food plot, you know, might be completely different. Because, again, mobility, size, weight matters, Uh, you know, something, somebody less mobile and more stationary, you know, probably is not as concerned with weight. And again, all trade offs, those bigger objectives will gather more light in those low light situations, but they're going to add weight. So, you know, if you're you're keeping the binocular around your neck in either a bino harness or a bino chest pack, it does take some of the weight off of it. But, you know, a lot of these mountain hunters, every ounce counts. Uh, You know, I, I hear guys that like, you know, they cut their toothbrush down to, to save every possible, (laughs) you know, amount of weight. So, you know, a 50 millimeter objective versus a 42 millimeter objective in in a lot of those situations, it might, um, you know, might be uh, not as good an option as as a smaller binocular. But, you know, again, the trade off is the smaller objectives will not gather as much light. uh, and, And that's why honestly all of our binoculars are 42 millimeter objectives or bigger, um, we have had requests for some, you know, more compact binoculars, which, you know, we do have some things on the draw, in you know, the drawing board. But, you know, I, I see guys all the time with these really ultra compact, like foldable binoculars. Right, and, you put you it know, in again, your side the, pocket, kind of thing. Yeah, I mean they're great for, you know, portability and compact size, but. In a low-light situation, they're just not going to gather enough light to really even be usable. In in broad daylight, they're great. That's why that type of binocular is great for a football game or or a baseball game. But when it gets to a hunting-type condition, that early morning and late evening, those two most critical times, you really want that optic to be able to perform for you in in those situations because that's when it's the most critical.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what it boils down to with a, with a good product. And in my opinion is, um, you know, I, that's going to determine the, what I'm willing to, to pay for it is, you know, is it going to get not, you know, is it going to do what it needs to do in those low light situations? Cause like you said, you know, most of the time that's when it's, that's, that's crunch time. That's, that's when you need it. Everything else in between is almost for fun. And by my opinion, I'm looking at squirrels and, and doing other things, but um, those low lights are, are when the animals like to typically move traditionally. Yeah, and you know the ability to see detail obviously is extremely
1: important because as bright as a binocular might be, if you can't you know make out antler points or you know count the rings on a, on a ram's horn, you know then really the optic is not doing for you what it's designed to do. Um, so again, it all is in that, that trade off, that balance between, you know, finding a product that uses really good glass, uh, you know, fairly lightweight, uh, but not so lightweight that it, you know, feels like a a kid's toy, you know, uh, again, it's just using the right components and, uh, you know, a, a lot of, especially binoculars is feel, you know, when you hold it in your hands and you look through it, you know, it either feels good or it doesn't, um. That's kind of more of a personal thing, you know. That's the challenge that we face as being an online company: is consumers can't touch and feel it. Um, But for that reason, we offer a 30-day guarantee. If you buy the product and you're not happy with it for any reason, you send it back for a refund. So there's really no risk. Uh, You know, that's kind of the thing I think a lot of people are, uh, you know, worry about: is hey, if I buy it, I don't want to get stuck with it if I don't like it. Well, you're not going to get stuck with our product if you're not happy with it
0: we'll make it right so with with your hunting binoculars um i'm uh looking at the the toric here um i'm looking at the different classifications of 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 what you have and and looking at the price points as they go up and and was just looking through those when you start getting to that more higher end binocular are we looking at um where it's i mean it's the best you're going to get in low light you know it's going to give you high magnification is that is that more so going to be directed towards I, I guess my my let me let me rephrase this so as we go up with the different um binoculars that you guys currently sell can you tell me um what sets that toric the the 1556 spotting binoculars like why why is that the top tier binocular there i guess it's kind of my question so All of our binoculars are at the same level.
1: They all use shot glass. They all use an ED lens. Um, Shot glass is the brand of glass used by all of the high-end European companies. Uh, And we're able to put in our product at a fraction of the cost, again, because we're cutting out that middleman. Um, It's a very expensive glass, but it's, quite frankly, some of the best glass that can be used in binoculars or rifle scopes. Uh, The ED lens is extra low dispersion. That's really a photography term. And what that does is it brings all of the colors in the spectrum of light to the same focal point. Uh, If you've looked through maybe lower end binoculars, if you look at like high contrasting um, objects, you sometimes see what's called chromatic aberration. And, And the friendly term is color fringing. And it's basically like a halo-like effect. And I honestly, I, I urge you know everybody listening to take your binocular out and look at high-contrast in colors, and you may see a fringing of color. And what's happening is those colors are bleeding into each other, uh, and that hurts the ability to see detail, especially in low light. Um, by using ed glass it virtually eliminates that bleeding of the colors into each other so you're going to get sharper lines between contrasting colors and that's going to give you a better ability to see detail and you say well what does that really matter in the hunting world well you know if you're looking at a buck standing on you know on a tree line you're going to be able to pick out that buck and you're going to be able to see his antlers More clearly, against that probably darker background or even lighter background, because, again, you have sharp edges between those contrasting colors. Um, So Mm -hmm. all of our binoculars are at the same optical level. The only difference in the binoculars is the fact that it's a different magnification or objective size. So, for example, we have a 10 by 42 and a 10 by 50. They're both the same magnification, 10 power. That's 10 times your vision. But the 50 millimeter is going to provide a bigger window of light, so it'll be, you know, performing better in those low light conditions. Uh, the 842 is going to be a little more compact and a little bit lighter weight. So again, it has a lot to do with you know what application and, and your mobility. You know, if I'm if I'm sitting in one place all day you know, and I'm looking at long distances, I'm probably gonna be ha- gonna be using a 1050. If I'm mobile, I'm probably gonna have a 1042. Um, if I'm, you know, if I'm bow hunting or I'm hunting in a lot of wooded terrain, then I'm gonna have eight by 42 because I know that's gonna give me a wider field of view, easier to hold steady, and brighter in low light conditions. I got um, you, I got you. No, so, you, you and, answered
0: that perfect, John. I uh, I did not word it to you perfect, so thanks for taking that word salad and, and making something with it there. But uh, that's exactly what my, my question was, was wanting to really know the differences since I'm looking at it on the screen um, you know because I feel like a lot of our listeners and probably a lot of consumers um, kind of have the same mindset as me where you know I'm not well versed in optics and you know a lot of the times I think people think uh, oh it that one's a little bit more so it must be better um, but in a sense it's it's not better it's it's used for a different uh,
1: uh, uh, application yeah a different
0: yeah. application than than you know like you said sitting in the tree stand, you know, close by so i appreciate you kind of diving in there and and explaining each one of those um i uh i'm just looking at at this here i mean a, a ton of ton of reviews um i always been i've been something i've been doing lately is, is pulling up the site as we as we do the pod I, obviously i've seen it a million and one times but um it kind of helps too, to to not forget anything but i'm I wanted to ask you, since you're not in big box stores and when we keep talking about being able to hold the product and and look through it and things like that, I do see where you have a live chat so if people have questions um in the moment while they're looking at these items, they're able to chat with someone it looks like
1: yeah, and that's something that um you know is very important to us because you know people being able to get, you know, instant answers. I mean, obviously we're not on the chat 24 hours a day, but right. we're, we're on it a, a majority of the day and into the evening. Um, and we try to, you know, if we're not on the chat, you can send us an email. We try to get back to you as quickly as possible. Um, and, and you know, we're, we're open to the, the communication, you know, and that's, again, what I think separates us from a, a lot of other companies is, you know, uh, it, it's amazing to me how, Many of these companies, you go to their website and you can't find a phone number. Mm-hmm. They don't want you to call them they they make it very difficult <laughs> for you to contact them we're the opposite we We want you to call us we want you to email chat with us um you know we're always trying to make ourselves available uh, as often as we can and uh, again it just it it to me it shows the dynamic difference between you know these big corporations that are really just kind of focused on you know running a business and taking care of their dealers and the consumer is not first in their mindset and um i just i guess that's one of the biggest reasons john and i started this company is the consumer should be the most important thing they're the ones that buy your product they're the ones that keep you in business uh everything else is secondary
0: well, you know, John, that's a, I mean, you've obviously been doing this a long time, probably it sounds like longer than, than I've been alive, but I will say from a <laughs> third party perspective, perspective, I mean, you're, you're hundred percent right. I mean, that's, that's who I'm going to go to. Um, you know, it, it, it really just, it boils down to what do you want out of your hunting experience? Do you want to continue the generic path do you just want to be able to go to a store pick something up say i like this roll on not knowing i i never knew um how much in-depth optics were obviously i knew you know like anything else in life i mean we could take the most simple thing and you could go in depth with it but i didn't really really realize i guess i i had found myself personally too in the category of well the really the the ones that cost the most must be the best or um you know the highest magnification must be the best and um, you kind of explaining all this definitely puts it into a, a better perspective, um, especially because I am in the market for looking for new uh, <laughs> binos here. So um, it'll definitely continue to be uh, one of the top ones I, I look at. Um, and I also see you got a newsletter. So I actually subscribed to it um, not too long ago, and um, you guys immediately reached back out. You didn't spam my email, so that, that was nice. Um, but I got to uh, dive into a few of your products that you have going on. Do you guys have currently anything that's that's fresh, new on the market um, that you just yes. recently launched?
1: Yeah, we just launched uh, a new extreme long-range rifle scope. Uh, it's a four to twenty-five power with a fifty-millimeter objective uh, on a thirty-four-millimeter tube, and and the the two features that we're really excited about is it has a tremendous amount of adjustment range, uh, 160 MOA or 47 mils. Um, which is, I, I think there's maybe one other brand that has that amount of adjustment and it's, I think twice the price. Um, and it's got a 15 yard parallax. So this is the ideal scope for the guy shooting, you know, competitive rimfire, competitive, uh, air rifles, And the guy that's, you know, shooting out there to a a mile or better that needs just, again, a tremendous amount of adjustment range. Um, And just, again, listening to consumers, we've got another 34 millimeter in our product line. That's a a 4.5 to 30 power with a 56 millimeter objective. So another great option, uh, you know, for long range or extreme long range. But people were saying, hey, we love that scope, but, you know, is there any way to get something that's maybe – a little scale down for our rim fires and air rifles and that's exactly what we did. You know, we built this product which really hits all three categories, air rifle, rim fire and center fire. Um you know, there's guys that are, you know, are, are going to be using it for hunting. Um but primarily long range hunting. And uh yeah, we launched that scope in 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 May and uh it's taken over very very well. We just uh, we actually just launched uh, illuminated models of our first focal plane, 30 millimeter hunt series, uh, again, based upon feedback from consumers who really liked the non-illuminated model, but they were like, Hey, you know, can you guys make this illuminated? It would be awesome. So you know, we, we did that. So uh, we've got some new spotting scopes coming out in September. Oh, nice. uh, we're excited about those right now. We have an 80 millimeter angled uh, with a, a 27 to 55 power zoom eyepiece, as well as some fixed power reticle eyepieces. This new model, we're going to have a straight version, Uh, so you'll have both angled and straight in the 80, and then we'll launch at the same time a more compact 65-millimeter, which will be a 22 to 45-power eyepiece. So, you know, we basically will have scopes for everyone. We'll have scopes for the guy that is, you know, packing it, you know, on the mountain in a 65, and then we've got the guy that's at the range spotting for his buddy at a mile with an 80 millimeter. So, you know, again, just continuing to build our product line to try to offer, you know, something for everyone. Um, we, you know, we don't have the extensive line of a lot of our competitors, but we're, you know, we're getting there. We're, we're offering a product line that, that hits a lot of the applications people need.
0: Well, I mean, I'd rather it be done right than than thrown together just to to have more options. So, I mean, that's 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 solid. I mean, that's a busy, that's a busy year of dropping products. I was rolling through them as you were mentioning it. Very very competitive pricing too on on all those scopes. Um, that's the. I mean, it looks it looks great, man. I'm gonna. I gotta stop looking at this page and stop shopping. We gotta finish this podcast. Uh, but uh, John, that's uh, that's good to know. Now you you had kind of mentioned obviously bringing new products in and, and continuing to do that. But um, has the evolution of optics? I mean, is that that's something that's forever changing, or um, you know, are you guys just kind of evolving with the customer base? No, the the evolution of optics itself is evolved
1: tremendously. Um, The quality of optics today is just so far better than it was just even 10 or 15 years ago. Um, And and even in in the the lower-priced products, the the quality is just so much better. Um, And it's just great. It's a great time for the consumer because, you know, as – optics evolve you know the, the quality continues to evolve technology continues to evolve um, you know the thing that again we, we I think provide a, a great value to is while all of this evolution is taking place you know we're not pricing our products in the stratosphere due to these huge markups at the dealer level so you know when when again when people purchase our product and they truly compare it side by side to a product that costs $100 more, hundreds of dollars more, uh, and they're surprised at how well we stack up, it, it just shows you that the business model uh, truly works.
0: That's awesome, man. I, I love hearing that. I, I love hearing that. I, I know people that listen to this podcast hear me say that so often. I think it's just because we always make sure we get the right people on here um, and uh, you you're continuing to evolve you're not getting in a slump of, of just continuously gobbling up money obviously businesses need to make money to pay the bills um, but putting that customer first and giving the people exactly what they're wanting um, and now you're covering all front so I can't wait to continue to see um, how you guys evolve and and uh, continue to grow I'm, I'm definitely looking into your optics myself, and I have a lot of hunts this season where optics are going to be needed. Um, typically, I don't. I, I hunt Florida, and it's hard to see five feet in front of you a lot of the times, but um, you know, I will be venturing out into where optics are needed. Um, and One thing, one piece of advice that all my friends that travel and, and hunt out west um, or hunt in uh, different states tells me is that optics are extremely important. Any good quality equipment is important. Uh, but optics is definitely something you want to have. It's It saves you way more time um, in the end um, in getting something that's quality instead of just saying, okay, well, I, I don't want to spend something that's more than $100. Well, a lot of the times you are going to get what you pay for. So um, that's just kind of the, the nature of the beast um, uh, with that. So I really appreciate you jumping on, John. That's actually all – the questions that i have for you um i am really looking forward to letting our team listen to this and kind of see if anyone had any further questions on this but um i wanted to give you uh, the floor here and see if there was maybe something i didn't cover that you'd like to bring up yeah no you, you just touched upon something you know obviously hunting
1: in florida you know it's close quarters and whatnot i i grew up hunting in, in the catskills and pocono mountains of new york and pennsylvania where you know, a 50, 70-yard shot was, was long. Um, and you know what? I, I had a scoped rifle, but I never used a binocular. It wasn't until I got into the optics industry that I, I realized the benefit of a binocular. And a lot of people will say, well, oh, you know, I, my shooting's close. I don't need a binocular. And I'll, I'll tell you, there's been two instances where I've killed bucks. That I never saw with my naked eye. Uh, really? Once was in Saskatchewan, and the uh, other time was a couple of years ago in Kansas. Uh, overcast days, I still had plenty of legal shooting light. Uh, but one time I was in a uh, in in uh, pines. It was very dark, very early, and the Kansas was a big CRP field. And you know, I kept picking up the binocular and just scanning with the binocular and on both occasions i when i picked up the binocular, i spotted you know the one time i spotted this buck and i could tell he was a buck i you know again if i took the binoculars away from my
0: eyes i couldn't i couldn't even see him you're probably sitting there like taking it away putting it forward <laughs> making sure yeah, that it's I mean, real I, you know
1: <laughs> I, I, I learned that many years ago hunting in alabama you know that just keep scanning the field interesting you know with your optics until it's the end of the legal shooting light and you know, both of those bucks, the Canadian buck and the Kansas buck, I killed both of those bucks, never seeing him with my naked eye. I found him with the binocular. I switched to the rifle scope. I was able to make the shot because the optics allowed me to see into that low light situation better than my naked eyes. And I, ironically, when I was in Kansas... Um, uh, the outfitter had dropped three of us off at one time within, you know, a couple miles of each other. The two other guys that were dropped off with me that morning, they were walking back from their stands when they heard me shoot. Oh, they wow. just nice they, and, and they had they had good quality products, but they just they were not conditioned to sitting there till the last moment and looking through their optic to see what their optic could do that their eyes couldn't
0: yeah you got me sold john i'm uh i need i got some low light hunts going on we're gonna we're gonna test this out and we're gonna get you back on and uh i'm gonna let you know what i think of it with my bear hunts i have this year and a few a few whitetail hunts um also uh waterfowl um you know birds fly when it's still dark so um i would love to kind of just play around with it and see when it you know how it kind of goes as the light you know comes over the horizon there um but yeah gosh great episode man um really appreciate you taking that time and and jumping on here and throwing a little education our way um i definitely know i learned a lot you have me super excited and hyped for hunting season now because i feel like i'm gonna get an extra five minutes (laughs) to be able to scan those wood lines um so definitely gonna try that out awesome certainly
1: appreciate the opportunity
0: now john um where can our listeners Find information um on track optics. I'm gonna put this all in the show notes also, but what is the best way for them to reach you? So our website is www.tractoptics.com
1: That's T-R-A-C-T-O-P-T-I-S dot com. Um, you know, again, we are a direct to consumer brand, but we do travel around the country to different shows. Um, so we do you know put out an email and let people know what shows we're going to be at that's obviously a great place for people to come and check out the products and make comparisons and you know just talk hunting so uh, if anybody's interested you can go to the website and you could sign up for the newsletter and yeah we'll send out a a notification letting you know what shows we're going to be at and between the website and the
0: shows we certainly hope we see you awesome man well i'm gonna definitely when are you guys you guys gonna be in florida anytime soon I don't think we have anything on the schedule,
1: um, but I've heard a lot about that Lakeland show, and oh, okay. uh, that might be something that we we might consider. You know, the the hardest part, Justin, is it, it's really just John and I running the company, other than the folks at our warehouse. Um, you know, so we're spread pretty thin. We've got a couple of guys that are going to be helping us out with shows. It's going to allow us to do more and more. Um, but yeah, that's the hard part: is trying to do all these shows. A lot of them are all cramped. Oh, I get into it, basically you know january february yeah. march we've got tons of shows and that's when most of it's happening but yeah if there's uh there's any other shows um you know we we kind of bounce around a little bit we uh we did the Buckmaster show in alabama and the um i know there's another uh another show in birmingham that i think was just last weekend we've done that show um but yeah trying to trying to spread it yeah, spread it around the country as best we can.
0: Oh no, I, I totally get it man and I tell you what I understand it a lot more uh, being with service side the last few years you know when I was on the other side of the fence I, it was very easy for me to say, you know hey, how come you guys weren't at this big show? Everyone's there and then I, I kind of got into it and when you are with a company where um, you know the owner and the you know co-founder, founder, CEOs, whatever are you know operations people are really just one or two, three people. Um, and they continuously are focused on that quality it's really hard to you know it's always a balancing act if you do too many shows your customer service your you know a lot of other things in your company may go down and then if you don't do enough shows not getting out there Um, so I know it's a continuous balancing act but I'm actually about about 45 minutes from Lakeland so let me know if uh, you guys are interested in that or next year or whenever they end up doing it and you, and you get it set up for it. And we'll definitely link up and um, love to, to chat, talk a little hunting and, um, and uh, maybe even show you a few spots. Yeah, honestly, that that would be awesome.
1: And yeah, we try, like I said, we try to try to get to as many shows as we can. You know the the unfortunate part is you know going to these shows is extremely expensive and oh, yes, shipping in the booth and shipping in the product, but you know we 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 love doing them because we get you know get to talk to folks and you know uh that's that's a big part of it we we love to hunt and shoot and this is uh this is what we do
0: no, I get it man I mean like you've mentioned just like with the products like you when you when you get a lot of something you know something else may. Um, not be there as much, you know, a give and take. And, and that is a part of a show is, you know, who doesn't love um, everything that comes with it. But there's so much on the back end. So I, I definitely get it. But you guys are making it happen, um, especially as a small company. And um, I really look forward to, to seeing how um, this continues to evolve. But, um, John, thanks again, my friend. Um, we're going to update these show notes. We're going to get this out here and uh, we're going to see what, uh, what everyone thinks.
1: Awesome, Justin. Thank you again for the opportunity.
0: All right, John. That's John with Tracked Optics, and you guys are listening to HuntLink by Servicide. We'll see you on the next one.